1: Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Thanks for coming back to the show. I always appreciate it. Uh, I just got back from my vacation to Japan. Uh, It was really nice to take a trip that had zero work responsibilities. Uh, In fact, I actually didn't say another word out loud to another person for three days while I was there. It was pretty awesome. I stayed in this little capsule hotel, which was like a filing cabinet for single travelers. And it's really nice. I was over there uh, for some some wrestling shows, uh, but I also got to meet up with a, a couple different piercer friends. Uh, Michele from uh, Anata Metal, and I got to hang out with uh, Yusa from, from Gatebridge, and it was just really cool hanging out with them. And uh, we got some dinner, and we talked a lot about the, the industry in Japan and how extremely different it is in the U.S. So I'm going to work out some episodes for those in the future. Uh, I was going to do an interview with uh, Michele, but I had a little bit of technical difficulty with my recorder, uh, we recorded some stuff, but uh, I forgot to change the batteries, and they crapped out. So uh, Michele is going to get a, a second, uh, a second shot at that interview over Skype, and we can just talk about how weird, the the Japanese piercing community is over there. Not so much the community, but the laws around it. Body piercing isn't technically illegal in Japan, uh, but you can still get arrested for it. You can still go to jail for it. So it really kind of puts the whole industry on their toes. And that was something with uh, with Yusa at, at Gatebridge. Um, I've been following his work on social media for for months, for quite a while. I always posts some really awesome, clean stuff. And uh, when I went over there and met up with him, he was explaining that you know he's more of a facilitator. Uh, handles the jewelry the marking, things like that, but uh, the actual piercings are, are done by a doctor friend uh, in conjunction with with USA. So it, it's just really strange over there. Imagine uh, you and your shop being able to operate a business, uh, paying your taxes, having a storefront, having it be very public, and you never know when a cop might walk through the door and put handcuffs on you and take you to jail, even though you're technically not doing something illegal. Uh, so it's, it's a really strange uh, industry over there with a, a lot of different challenges. So that's definitely a show I want to uh, explore in, in the future. For this week, I'm going to be talking to a Malaysian piercer named Hawaii. And Hawaii contacted me on Instagram. Uh, I had been following his page, he'd been following mine, and he was coming over for the APP conference in Las Vegas and asked if he could come shadow at my studio after. So I believe it was the the Monday and Tuesday after conference this year, Hawaii came to Nashua and spent the day shadowing me on Monday. Uh, Elizabeth Kent was also up that day, and we went over some... Like needle bending uh, theories, and I, I showed them some stuff. They showed me some stuff, and Hawaii was one of the one of the first people to actually have uh, that S bend make sense to me, where you bend a needle, uh, you know, ninety degrees one way and ninety degrees another way, and you can use it for things like you know doth piercings and tragus piercings and uh, neat little techniques. Uh, it, but I had never really seen anybody bend them right in front of my face, so Hawaii did that, and it really kind of helped it click for me. And you know, I tried to share. Uh, what it, what I could, and then uh, the next day on Tuesday, Hawaii actually shadowed my other piercer Evan Quinno for the day, and so it was you know it was good get some versatility, get some uh, some different uh, some different piercing perspectives in for for someone shadowing. Uh, really really interesting person because. Certain markets, you really have to work double hard to get where you want to get, and Southeast Asia is definitely one of those markets. Uh, Hawaii was telling me, and you'll hear through this interview, uh, some of the different challenges that they face there. Uh, you know, when you when you buy gloves for your studio, those exam gloves, a lot of times are going to be made in Malaysia. So they do have an advantage there where maybe they have easy access to it uh, and low prices, but then they have a really difficult time getting other things like single-use iodine packets for skin prep. They actually can't get those if they're not in the medical community. So you get a little bit stuck on uh, certain supplies there, and it's also really difficult dealing with a client base that really has zero education for body piercing. They don't know the slightest difference between materials... Uh, between threading, but just between different qualities, so there'll be certain shops uh, putting out work for tourists, or you know maybe uninformed locals, and they'll be charging them a, a pretty high price, but giving them a pretty low quality product and service. So that's kind of what uh, the the better piercers like Hawaii are up against. Um, it, it's really difficult to talk about the difference and in, in the necessity for higher quality uh, pieces of jewelry, internal thread, uh, threadless jewelry, titanium, gold, things like that, in a market where people don't even really understand uh, allergies and why stainless steel might give them a problem or why latex might cause a problem or if they have a problem they might not understand uh, how it could possibly be caused by something like steel or something like latex so a lot of challenges uh, really interesting talk with someone who's really trying hard to uh, just better everything in their area and that's what I really like to see with Body Piercers is really pushing to make uh, not just your studio better but everyone around you better, you know, bring up the entire industry with you. So it's a really good conversation, we'll get into that in just a minute with Hawaii. Um, as far as me and my classes, those are all going forward, you know, I've always got a bunch of those, uh, I'm getting ready to leave for a couple different classes. Over the course of eight days, I'm gonna be doing four different classes in four different cities, so I'm gonna be pretty beat up by the end of that, uh, by the end of that loop. Um, I'm going to keep these shows going, but honestly, it's getting a little bit tough to fit it into my schedule. But uh, I'm going to need a little bit of help from you, the listeners. Uh, I want you to reach out to me and let me know uh, who I should be talking to and what we should be talking about. I have a really short list of planned uh, interviews, so I really need some input. Uh, what do you want me talking about? Who do you want me talking to? give me that info. You can go to piercingwizardpodcast.com and you can fill out that anonymous Google form, or you can just reach out to me on email, Ryan, gmail.com, or even just shoot me a message on Facebook. And if you are, are someone who wants to maybe come on the show, if you have an idea for a subject or something, reach out, you know, I'm always looking for stuff and uh, I'd be happy to, to talk to a, a wider range of people not necessarily just people I'm super familiar with. Uh, as far as my classes, I've got uh, a little bit of space I could squeeze some people in for uh, Sunday, September 1st in Chicago, but uh, as this posts, I'm probably going to be a little bit too close to get anybody else in for Maryland, even though I did have a couple of extra spots open up. Uh, I'm going to be doing the class on Monday, October 28th in Fort Myers, Florida. And I've got those two classes, November 18th and 19th in Atlanta, Georgia. So I really want to get as many people signed up for those as possible, meet some new piercers. And I'm going to keep it rolling. I don't think I'm going to be doing any private classes in December. Just give myself a little bit of time off and just, uh, you know, tend to the shop, make sure that everything's going good for the holidays. Uh, And then I'll get back into it probably sometime in January or February. But looking for new spots. You know, if you're interested, uh, shoot out uh, a message to me. Let me know where you want me going to uh, to teach classes. I do not want to go anywhere cold in the winter, so uh, my classes for like Minneapolis and uh, Seattle are, are gonna probably be out until maybe the spring or the summertime. But I'm thinking about doing maybe Phoenix sometime during the winter, and uh, I'm not really sure where else. I was thinking about doing a class in maybe Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I've been noticing a, a couple of different piercers signing up for my other classes from North Carolina, so maybe it's time I, I do a class there someday. But uh, uh, let's get into this interview with Hawaii. I don't want to blabber too much. It's a good one, so uh, listen up, and I'll be back a little bit at the end.
0: So uh, I am uh, Wun Hwai from um, Southeast Asia. Um, It's basically Malaysia, it's very close to Thailand and Singapore. And then um, this is the first time I'm visiting here, and and, um, I've been body piercer about three years. And then, yeah, the purpose I'm visiting here is just to learn stuff and have more friends and then some, some sort of like training stuff. And then, um, so my Instagram will be uh, body by why. That should be I. So
1: this is your first time coming to the U.S.? The second time. second time coming to the U.S. Yeah, and uh, what was it? What was it like uh, making the decision to to come to conference to to learn more and, and to kind of talk to more piercers?
0: All right, uh, everything stuff from our industry in Southeast Asia is kind of bad uh, because there's nobody. Who would like to discuss stuff or any things like technique about the jewelry in our country. So uh, I would say uh, the best way to learn is go to, like uh, I used to travel and met up some friend and then they always recommend us like, hey, you should go to this conference. Uh, there are a lot of um, nice people mm. everywhere. So yeah, and then end up, I make the decision to visit. And then that's how, why I'm here. It, would you say that
1: there's really not many people to, to learn from in, in your area? I know that we were talking a little bit last night and you said that it's kind of a little adversarial or people don't really like to, to share quite as much. So I would imagine it was a, a big difference coming over to something like conference
0: that's true um it, it depends on the cultures and maybe i don't know in my country they are more traditional they don't really like to share stuff like even though we do have really small uh, community in this industry like maybe it's about 10 to 20 people in know the whole country really the whole country the whole country like oh. some of them like uh, the jewelry stock that i don't even know them mm-hmm. but they do have some um pioneers of some reputation uh piercing studio in our country we know some of them but we don't really talk about anything okay yeah so uh that would be really uh difficult for us to share information Mm -hmm. and then learn stuff from each other that's gonna be a lot of issue if we like stop in the same stage for a really long time and then um, i'm trying to make friends in malaysia like uh, i do have like two peers of friend they're really good with me and then we try to share about a little bit stuff like what we uh, seen online in mm-hmm. from internet but that's gonna be kind of difficult as well because everything was limited mm-hmm. yeah and then for the culture in malaysia and then they treat everyone as an enemy i think it's happened Everywhere like uh, for tattoos or piercing. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm trying to make things better And then so far for now, I think I'm the only one who wants to uh, Make things better there's Mm -hmm. nobody really like supporting me or stuff like that, but I'm trying my best Yeah,
1: yeah I mean it's got to be really challenging because I've I've met lots of different piercers from other parts of, of the world and you know a lot of them say that it's really difficult, but at least they say that they have a community around them, you know, even if they don't have access to the jewelry they want or maybe the sterilizers or or something else, they still have other piercers that are close by where they can go out and get a meal and sit down and kind of share what they know and and hear what the other person knows, so it has to be really difficult if the other piercers in your area, you know, if, if some are willing to help but others aren't even willing to talk to you, that must be really difficult.
0: Yeah, that's would be really difficult for everything. And then I used to work in a couple of, of the piercing studio, which I'm, which they are the pioneers uh, piercing studio in Malaysia. But uh, what I get and what I've seen from them, so maybe they don't really like to um, be friend with others. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happened on, on them. Maybe they do have some... Um, Arguments or whatever in the old time, but from what I've seen, um, everyone is trying to um, make things better. Like every days, we try to make small improvement every days. So I think that will be the point for us to um, improve ourselves. So if you keep on like um, treating everyone as your enemy, and then in the end, you just stay in the same level forever. Yeah, yeah. because nobody shares. Yeah, that's right
1: so do you feel like part of it might be because they're they're worried that there aren't enough clients to go around or do you do you feel like the the market the culture the economy is enough to support multiple piercers that are trying to work with a a higher quality
0: so uh, this is a very interesting part i want to tell like i think it it could be two-part like let's say we talk about the client i believe most of them they are they are pretty fine with the, the jewelry what we are uh, selling now because they know nothing about the jewelry. Mm-hmm. Like, even though you sell them something like a uh, surgical steel, excellently traded, they don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. So, everything come in their mind. The first thing would be the cost. And then, um, even though, like, we try to talk to them like, hey, uh, this is not good for your health, but they don't know what should they do get for their own so um the same time if we talk about the studio in malaysia basically they don't really want to share Mm -hmm. like um they just keep in the comfort zone like what they are doing now they are things they're pretty good with that and then they just like try to uh doing the same thing for maybe 10 years 20 years they don't care about any things like that so um As a client, it's really difficult because you get nothing, like any information Mm -hmm. uh, that you could get. Like most of them, maybe they could uh, get some information from Instagram because everyone have internet now. Mm -hmm. There's a part uh, which is helping us. But in the end, they just bring like, hey, uh, I want to get something like that. Can you do that? And the PSO in our country, yes, of course. They just give you like anything which looks similar mm-hmm. and then like the, the knockoff type. Yeah, yeah. And then the customer know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is they might pay the same price. Like really? what you had in the U S price. So it,
1: same as U S price.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, that was really bad for me because like they use some low grade jewelry mm-hmm. and then they charge really high. Like the markup was like insane. Insane. It's right. really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part. I feel really bad. So I, I would say like if, the owner or the studio or whatever, they try to communicate with each other,s and then they try to educate the people. I think they could afford the, the things like um, in the average price, not the really super high-end, like all those gold pieces, but at least some uh, basic stuff for their uh, fresh facing. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense for them. They could afford that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I, I mean, do you see... The same problems that we're seeing over here with the the low end jewelry, like scarred piercings and rejections and all kinds of issues and problems. Same kind of same kind of issues, I would imagine, with the jewelry quality.
0: Yes, um, because like last in the very last time I used a lot of steel jewelry, mm-hmm. and I don't know that was uh, contact about ten percent of nickels in mm-hmm. it, and then uh, I find out in state there's a lot of people, they know what they are having. Okay, that's another issue. Uh, like, let's say, uh, the customer base, like maybe th- uh, 5% of them, they do have uh, latex allergy, or mm-hmm. uh, maybe they have some sort of different kind of allergic, yep. nickel allergic, whatever, they know what they having. But in Malaysia, the education was really bad. Okay. They know nothing. Uh, let's say... Some of the shop they use like the latex for 20 years, 30 years There's no issue because nobody knows even though like Hey, I've, I got my whole face swelled up because uh, the piercer touched me with latex glove, But they know nothing mm. about the latex okay. or the, the nickel exposure, whatever they don't know So that will be really difficult for them to understanding like what's happening on their body
1: do you have any easier access to things if they're manufactured in that region already? Because I know that some of our gloves are manufactured in, in Malaysia. So do you at least have easier access to some of the supplies?
0: For gloves, yes. We do have uh, one of the biggest uh, war manufacturer. So it's much more easier for us to get and cheaper for us. Mm-hmm. And then there's a the thing like a lot of people, they don't understand even uh, no matter uh, studio side or the customer side they know nothing about latex Okay. they just want to uh, okay if we break down like different like uh, what's the difference between a glove mm-hmm. the first thing come in their mind is like black color it looks cool right. and then yeah. the grip as long as they feel really easy to slot in mm-hmm. and they feel the grip is good that's the best glove in the world Okay. for them so we if in here what I'm learn it could be like latex allergy and if you talk about like the quality and then the stuff like wish, um like, let's say if you wear latex it's gonna like degenerate after a couple of minutes so yeah, it's not yeah. really safe for you right and then so we we didn't know anything about that yeah that's a that's a problem
1: yeah well i i you know i don't want to make it Seem like in North America, the U.S., that we have it all figured out because we, all the time in classes I hear people saying like, "Oh, you, know, you can't do that with LaTeX," or "Oh, you need to change your gloves." And I think a lot of I think a lot of tattooers in the states are kind of the same mentality of like, "Does it look cool? Or like black gloves are look cooler. I don't care what they're made out of. You know, can I can I get a solid grip? I don't really care about the rest." So I don't think it's just a Malaysia problem. I, yeah, I, I think it's the same problem here too, but. Uh, I think that with such a larger industry we have more people that have taken classes or been educated or, or apprenticed or something like that where they know that certain things should be maybe taken out of studios at this point, latex being one of them. But it's not it's not just a Malaysia thing. We we have that all the time here too.
0: Yeah, that's true. And then i uh, there's another problem again. Yeah, I know it that's too much problem. No, Malaysia. it's yeah. okay. There's okay. lots of problems everywhere. Yeah. So um the healthcare department, mm-hmm. like from the government not really involved with uh, the te- body art industry mm-hmm. so that was kind of dangerous for most of the customer because they know nothing and then we like as us like uh, body peers or tattooists we keep performing the same procedures which is like kind of, how uh, push the hell in the reach so for all of them i think so maybe one day it could be something really serious happening in malaysia and then maybe uh, body art is gonna be evidence, like they, they they, might ban this career in Malaysia. Really? I mean, if something happened. Because, if something went wrong, yeah, like yeah, infections or something. Yeah, or? because there's nobody care. And then um, in this like 20 or 30 years, maybe there's nothing happens, nobody complain. And then uh, the first thing, because the customer, they don't know what's the reason cause like infections or anything mm. like that, so that's the point but now so they, uh, I think internet really helps so they could do a lot of research uh, by themselves and then I... that's really good, like recently I found out there's a lot of customers they, they're talking about uh, some uh, branded jewellery they come, they came in like, hey do you bring this like whatever brand of the jewellery um, I only can wear t- uh, implanted titanium Started to know things that's cool, yeah, that's really good. But unfortunately, we couldn't really like give them any answer, like, mm-hmm. hey, we do have that at the moment. Whatever, I feel pretty bad because, like, they understand what they want to get, but end up we try to push them away. Mm-hmm. That's a big mistake if you want to develop or you want to step forward, yeah. yeah. So
1: what do you think are some of the things that could be beneficial to the industry back home? Do you think it's um, just people investing and bringing in the new jewelry? Do you think it's more like outreach through the internet? Or you know, maybe just in studios with flyers or posters or something like that? Or do you think it's maybe a, a, a piercers group?
0: Uh, I think the main thing would be the education. like no matter like maybe if the, the studio they bring out a lot of high-end jewelry but they don't know what they are doing mm-hmm. there's no point because I right. fi- find out there's a lot of studio whatever they, they carry a lot of high-end jewelry but they don't know what they are doing mm-hmm. and then they might give some uh, mislead or mis- um, uh, any wrong information to the mm-hmm. client as well so that might make them confused for example like let's say I can get some uh, cheaper jewelry and then you have to double up to get some branded jewelry. But uh, everything looks like the same. Mm. But the cost was double. So most of them, they still go for the cheaper one. The cheaper, yeah, because yeah. they don't know they the don't difference know anything. between the two. Yeah. yeah, and then I think the education would be the most important part. And then the second, yeah, I think the um, piercing studio, if they could, uh, the um, people who are in the same industry, if they're really willing to talk about it, and try to make it happen. I mm-hmm. think that would be the best way because, like, for me, if I spread out like the the things I know, the knowledge I know, it's gonna be really difficult. I only have one social media account. Mm-hmm. I only like have one uh, way. Like, if if I want to release, really, uh, talk to people, it's just me. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be really difficult. Like, if we have like ten people, five people. It's gonna be much more easier to to share and educate. Yeah,
1: do you do you think that you would maybe want to put on some sort of like a a speech or an event or something like maybe at a university or would the government be supportive of, of like you know maybe something at like a health ministry or like a government office or something like have you do a, a speech on the
0: subject. Okay, that would be a good idea. Um, I basically plan to, like, when I get back to Malaysia, I'll try to figure out what should I do. I best, uh, Definitely, I'm going to get involved like a businessman at first and then once I apply everything, so I will try to talk with the health department mm-hmm. and try to... I'm not sure uh, uh, what's going to happen but I'm going to try to talk with them and tell them about everything I know and then what are actually happening in this industry mm-hmm. and then yeah maybe it could be happens I'm not sure because um they have been in the like in a comfort zone for a really long time mm-hmm. so I couldn't tell maybe they really want to involve like if they um I found in the state was really good they came to the studio to check everything like well, every- sometimes it depends on the area depends on the area but yeah. yeah um i found there's a lot of uh piercing studio they really care about it because the health department might show up anytime yeah and surprise them and then it's not because only because of that i mean you know what you are doing and then the help uh the health department is actually try to make sure everyone um doing the minimum requirements it's everything for the client because I think the client pay you and then they deserve something like better for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So what, what are the clients like back home? Is it really just younger people? Is it all age groups? Like who who's into body piercing right now?
0: In my place, uh, basically most of them is between 20 to 25, but uh, last time I used to work in the uh, capital in Kuala Lumpur. So, uh, our customer base is actually, I think, half of them they are foreigner, mm-hmm. not the local. Okay, yeah. So,
1: like tourists or like foreign workers? Tourists. Tourists, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, and then I find out um, if we talk about like the local customer base. All right, so for this part, I think if we talk about our local customer base, they are probably. They could be some reason like let's say they don't know what they are really, uh, want to get like what kind of piercing they want to get because, um, I find out, local then most of them they get something like, um, ear piercing, belly piercing, nose piercing, mm-hmm. that's everything, you could do on a local customer, and then um, I find out pretty like um interesting if you if i have any foreign um, customer they are open with anything okay yeah i think the reason because like first thing because the same thing it's gonna be the studio they don't really share about like hey look on this like a uh, new placement for piercing if you are getting boring so on the same yellow piercing mm-hmm. you could have more jewelry option you could have more uh different jewelry placement or yeah just a lot of things play with yeah but but, a lot of options but people don't know what their options are yeah that's true and then um the other thing would be the culture, like culture um i think because of the muslim culture and then they are kind of like close-minded some of them they don't really want to get something done Mm -hmm. especially like tattoo if we talk about tattoo industry it's gonna be illegal to get tattoo in malaysia if you are muslim oh yeah okay yeah, but there's a thing if you are Muslim, but you can uh, get any schedule from other place. That's fine, but not in Malaysia. Hmm. Yeah, so that would be a little bit hard for them, like to really get into this industry. Yeah, and then uh, the second thing would be like the careers in the uh, Malaysia. Maybe uh, most of the company they are not allowed even you have a nose piercing or even you have just a single loop piercing. You, so you it's, is it
1: still um, like an age based culture thing where like the older generations they just don't understand body
0: art and they think it's kind of just ugly uh, it depends um, I think it depends on the area as well like anything close to the capital that's pretty cool they do have like cool parents even bring their childs like to get a new piercing or tattoo together like about 50 years so. old but childs maybe like 18 20 mm-hmm. they're pretty cool but yeah. in anything like to the southern or to the north uh, maybe it's more to like a small village or things like that so maybe they are like hey you're getting tattooed what do you think about your futures uh, career because it might be a big no mm-hmm. for your company so they are worried too much yeah
1: yeah so are there any restrictions for for anyone else for for body piercing like if muslims can't get tattooed it's fine for body piercing and uh, it's just their choice if they don't want to get pierced
0: by right uh they couldn't get anything which might uh consider as a self-harm okay so um but we are still pretty cool for um piercing but mm-hmm. not tattoo because uh most of the piercing you can like just take it out and then if nobody see yeah. anything, then they would just keep quiet, not mm. complaining. But uh, we do have some issue, like let's say if you uh, pierce a nipple piercing and whatever else, anything like a, something uh, for us, which is like a year project. But for them, they might think like, hey, this guy is doing some crazy stuff. Mm. So anything like that, they would try to uh, post to social media how can people harm themselves in this way if, oh. if they find out some special stuff other than nose and the other general nose piercing or ear piercing mm-hmm. so it's I think the culture is really uh, depends on the people and then uh, I feel great luckily now it's a younger generation they slowly uh, uh, understanding what they are getting like the piercing and tattoo is not going to make them a Bad people, so. Right.
1: Well, that, that feels kind of like how it was in the States in like the late 80s and 90s, when the older generations were like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't do that because you'll never be able to have a good job or or whatever. And then as the youth came in and fell in love with body piercing, then it changed the, the whole culture. So, I, I you know, a slow, slow difference year to year. You know, hopefully it'll get a little bit better and a little bit easier. That's true. So what's, what's popular for, like, the types of piercings? You know, you said ear piercings and nose piercings. Are those probably the most popular things that you're doing over there?
0: Yeah, um, nose, earlobe, the belly, the navel piercing, and then mm, that's it. Yeah. yeah if yeah. you want to get something like a lip piercing or anything like eyebrow or any part of uh, the ear piercing other than the earlobe, there'll be a little bit... Uh, difficult because you couldn't really like hide during the work time or the school time okay. because uh, they, they're going to give a lot of feedback like hi hey, I want to remove it because my uh, lectures or maybe my boss is not allowed for mm. me to wear this kind of stuff so most of the, them they get something like um, general ear piercing or nose piercing that's still acceptable because we do have uh, Hindu friends uh, they have They are mainly, like, they are traditionals. It's going to be, like, a Mm no-start or no-string like that. That was still pretty cool. And then, luckily, um, now they are trying to get involved, like, something, like, more about the year stuff, like, upper cartilage and stuff like that. That was pretty common, Mm -hmm. but not everyone.
1: Okay, so most stuff has to be either, like, culturally acceptable or hidden, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, so do you think uh, something like, do you think something like nipple piercings are going to get popular
0: nipple piercing uh yes nipple piercing basically i think uh, we still get pretty a lot of customers who get nipple piercing because that's the that's the thing they could hide it yeah so i think yes but general piercing not too much okay yeah and then maybe the same the same problem because uh, most of the time they do know what should they get or what kind of jewelry option they mm-hmm. have so they will they think like hey this is kind of boring or sort of stuff like that because uh, it was like hidden and then there's no ju- uh, too much jewelry option for them and then um, yeah and then it depends on the culture as well yeah mm. it's, everything is related yeah what
1: about genital piercing is genital piercing popular at all
0: genital piercing is gonna be less. okay yeah and then luckily I, I knew that there's a female piercer they're uh, kind of uh, kind and then she do a lot of like kind of not too much, but uh, it's kind of like uh, common for her to get a female uh, client. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's another thing. Like let's say if you are a female uh, client, and then you're looking for a female genital piercing. And what if your cus- uh, your piercer is a male? And then most of them they would say no, be- just because of the culture stuff. Okay. They are pretty like close-minded, but uh not for the young generation. Young generation, they are pretty open. They are pretty fine. Mm. But yeah, that's that's also one of the reason about like why our customer base like everything was limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, do you have do you have good access to
1: things like sterilizers and skin prep, or do you have to import everything? Is it difficult to get any of that stuff?
0: For all those skin prep and sterilizer, uh, we do have similar stuff. I mean, of course, we can uh, get thing. Or maybe we haven't follow instruction from the hospital. Mm-hmm. It could work in that way. But for the piercing stuff, it's going to be really difficult because they don't make any like, individual stuff for piercing use. Like let's say uh, single-use uh, providon iodine. Um, yes, I'm, I'm just trying to make some, like, some part of my story because I try everything by myself. Yeah. There's nobody care about it. I tried to. Well, y- you told me
1: that you tried to just import yeah. the individual lubricant packets, and those got turned away because they're for uh, medical use.
0: No, that was there would be the propylene iodine. Oh, the iodine. The right. iodine. So you
1: couldn't you couldn't even get iodine. That seems just so strange that the government would say you can't have something that's really has no like dangerous use at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, Last time, uh, like um, last year, I tried to order a few box of iodide. and then uh, they tried to um, confiscate all my stuff, and I I even have to pay everything by myself, and then they asked for the medical license. Wow, just yeah. for iodine? Yeah, just for iodine because um, I I kind of like feeling confusing and then weird at the same time because you can get like a whole gallons of the iodine in the pharmacy. Mm-hmm they do sell iodized, but they not allow us to get anything by ourselves, unless you have a medical license. So uh, the reason why I'm getting that, because I I prefer like uh, individual pack, it's much more uh, safer. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's great because I I think, I, you know, I, I hear from other piercers around the world, uh, Central America, South America, especially, like sometimes they just can't get the thing that they want. They can get something similar and they have to make some compromises. So I would I would really just like to say, um, you know, good, good job for sticking to your principles and knowing that the individual swab is going to be safer and, and wanting to get it. But it must be really frustrating if you have to go through so much difficulty to get something like that.
0: Yeah, that's... Um I mean, that's uh, gonna be a good thing for me as well because uh, I, I know that I have go through a lot of hard parts and that's how I learn stuff because uh, even though there's nobody just sharing me, like what should I do? How do I import all those stuff? Maybe uh, somebody helping me, like, hey, I have a friend who work in pharmacy. Maybe they can get something from, uh, for us. So that would be easier and legal. Like, mm. hey, if, if they work in pharmacy, they get stuff from us. they they do have the license and then we purchase from them That will be the best way but that's the thing I work alone and there's nobody uh, to talk about and then in the other way I try everything by myself like I bring the pure cleanse or anything like single-use product there's a lot of stuff and then I even try to bring the anodizer mm-hmm. by myself really yeah so definitely I burn Tones of the jewelry, (laughs) and then that's how I learn stuff. I now now I know how to do things. That's kind of how I learned too.
1: I think anybody with an anodizer, unless you've been lucky enough to have one of those personal classes with Brian Skelly, where he shows you all the mistakes that could be made and how to avoid them. Mm -hmm. I I think a lot of people when they get something like an anodizer, they they waste a lot of jewelry trying to practice and and getting it right.
0: Yeah, that's um that's another problem. Like um I'm trying to bring all those like uh, safer. Product like let's say a lot of people are looking for some fancy, colorful jewelry, but I know that's not safe because it's coated. Yeah. So I'm trying to do this way, but nobody trusts me. Like, you're gonna spend a lot of money and you're gonna pay a lot of effort like doing this kind of stuff, and then I don't care. I just give it a try. Yeah. And then everything have to. I mean, even though I work in some place how but I have to pay everything by myself. Like the jewelry I burn, so the, the whole anodizer, everything's like that. But I think it's everything. I think that would be the uh, way for me to learn. Now I don't take it really as a bad things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I learn.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, that's I, I think. I think it's one of the best ways to learn is trying it and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, and then dialing it in. You know, but it's uh, it, it takes someone like you who really cares about the result because somebody could somebody else could try it and just say like oh that doesn't work and I don't care I won't try it again but you know going back and figuring out what gives you the best results that's the, that's really the sign of a true professional so that's good yeah yeah thank you so what are some of the 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 bigger things you've learned on your trip so far and uh, you were were you in the states for a while before conference too You said you were maybe out in california um, or something
0: uh, i was in canada for a oh, while canada, okay. i was in canada for a while and i do visit uh, one of uh, a friend in California, Mm -hmm. I met uh, Angie Yeah, so uh, after that, I was in uh, Canada I took some class about like the NFC, Mm -hmm. and then I back to uh, Vegas for the conference Yeah, Yeah, and for this whole trip, I learned a lot of things like, not uh, not exactly like a new topic, but it's breakdown in more details Mm -hmm. like um, some technique, even though I'm doing the same thing, but I could make it Faster, more accurate, or maybe even more like easier. Like you can skip this step to achieve the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I learned, and then I now uh, I'm trying to get involved something like the about the jewelry. That's going to be one of the difficult stuff because you need to know all kind of the gemstone and the stuff like that. But uh, during the conference, I I learned a lot about like the mail certificate try to diagnose all those things like that. Yeah, mill
1: certificates. That's one of those things where I've sat in classes and I've had really smart people explain it to me and I still don't yeah. really know how to... I just trust that Brian Skelly did the background <laughs> check and that he's like, yeah, this is fine uh, because I, I'm not good when it comes to, to mill certificates.
0: Yeah, those was really confusing with all those numbers mm. and all those compounds and some of the compound, I don't even know what is that. Yeah, yeah. so uh, at this trip, I learned about like things in details. And then for the piercing technique, yeah, I'm trying to um, improve about the needle bending stuff. And then uh, in this trip, I learned about needle crushing mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, they'll be much more easier for uh, perfect wound shaping. Yeah, I think so too.
1: Uh, that That's one of my favorite things that I've learned in the last few years is needle crushing and bending and all that stuff i i wouldn't have originally thought that it would have made that much of a difference and that it would have been applicable for so many different kinds of piercings a lot of times when you learn a trick like a needle bend or something it's only good for one type of piercing or maybe one or two things but with needle crushing you can use it on so many different things and it's got such a good benefit uh so what what uh what else was some of your favorite stuff about conference like did you have like a favorite in, uh, piercer that you met, or did you have like a favorite instructor for one of the classes or
0: anything? Uh, for the conference, actually, I'm kind of excited for everything, every of the classes and speaker. I'm trying to ask individual like, questions. It, it depends on the class I take. So uh, mainly, I, I talk with them a lot. Mm-hmm. Last year was my first year conference. I'm kind of like shy. I don't really talk. And then the second reason would be my... English Barrage um, This is not my first language So It's gonna be a little bit uh, Not really smooth To, to uh, Make a well conversation So sometimes Just like uh, Okay I'll try to figure it out By myself Instead of Try to Confuse people with my question? <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I think you speak
0: really good English. I, I
1: think uh, so many so many piercers that I know where English is their second language. They get really they get really nervous. They get self conscious about their English when you look at someone like me and I have no skills at all. If I went to Malaysia, I would just be talking into my phone and asking <laughs> it to translate everything for me. So you're doing awesome. Don't worry about any thank of that. You, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's next for you? Um, you're you're going home tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I'm going home tomorrow night and then I'm probably gonna uh, visiting Hong Kong, China and then back to my country and during this trip, it's gonna take me about like a, uh, one month, about one month to one and a half month time. I try to meet up the piercer in Hong Kong, China, uh, which might um, sharing or talk about any topic Yeah, I know, even though, like, uh, they, they, I think they are really actually same with me, they don't have anybody to talk with, Mm -hmm. and then uh, we know, some of them we know each other from, uh, in the tattoo conventions, and then uh, we just share about a little bit, like, uh, piercing uh, project or work, so they start to, like, hey, can you uh, tell me... uh, how you do this and things like that so cool. at the same time some of the piercing i never did before i asked them as well yeah. because we are in asia and then it's going to be much more easier for us to um, communicate because we are most most of the time we are using the same stuff mm-hmm. and then yeah i'm trying to make more friend. even though it, it couldn't make it in malaysia but i will try to make it like in any place in asia yeah try to communicate
1: Yeah, I mean, networking is so important anywhere, really. And, you know, if you don't think that there would be enough interested Malaysian piercers to make a group or a community or even something like just like a Facebook page or something like that, um, you know, if you found more people throughout Asia that are willing to to talk Chinese piercers, piercers from Hong Kong or or anywhere that, that are willing to share... I think that's going to be great for everybody because as as frustrated as you might be or as much as you might be trying to move things forward, I'm sure there's going to be other piercers out there who care just as much and are are putting in all that good work too. So it would be great if you all had a community where you could support each other. That's true. Yeah. Uh, So
0: do you plan to come back to conference again next year? I'll probably do my best. I'm going to continue uh, my uh, trip Mm -hmm. every year to the conference. And then, yeah, I think even though there's a, a few classes they are uh, repeating, but I'm sure uh, all those classes, they are upgrade, uh, sorry, updated every year. Mm-hmm. Like some, even though like nipple uh, piercing, uh, I think last year, they don't really talk about like uh, anything's about the implant stuff. I think this year they talk about more details, like uh, different kind of um, surgery, and it could affect like the blood flow, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah that matter yeah, even though I take the same class like in uh, continue two year, mm-hmm. but I still learn things yeah, yeah
1: because you always switch it up they get maybe a, a new instructor or updated information or something like that what, what do you think that you would want to to see for a class that hasn't happened at, at conference yet like do you think you have any ideas for new classes that could be beneficial
0: um I think it depends on the people uh, in which uh which kind of uh, step or the level they are. Like for me, I'm pretty like, uh, kind of like news or like, um, I'm just prepared to step in to, in a professional ways, like uh, to make things better. So for me, I will basically um, prefer things like about the technique. Like, um, yeah, like what we learned, like about the needle spanning, mm-hmm. needle improvement. That's have a lot for the basic stuff. Uh, in the coming few years i would like to learn something about like jewelry stuff and then maybe some different kind of like stone or whatever mm-hmm. because uh, i already know how to perform things in the safe way yeah and then uh, this trip i learned about things like uh tech for workshop like all those uh, minimum requirements that you have to lock down everything mm-hmm. that was uh exactly what I need for this collab. I think it depends on the piercer Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. The the jewelry thing that, that you brought up, like I love some of the jewelry classes that I've that I've gotten to take a conference. Uh, sometimes they'll have somebody who will talk about gold or somebody will talk about glass or something, and I just love learning more about the stuff that I use every day. And, yeah. you know, true. different kinds of gemstones and what makes them so special and all that stuff. So uh yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, I think surgical stuff could be really beneficial, too, because when I was talking about uh, different transitional surgeries and breast enhancements and things like that in the nipple class, a lot of people just never talked about it before, you know, and they might have uh, trans clients or people who had all different kinds of surgeries and they're not really sure if they can pierce them safely or not. And I, I think that can be for a lot of other body piercings too, navels and facial things and, you know, nostril piercings even. So maybe a class on like surgical considerations could be a good one for the future.
0: Yeah, that would be uh, really cool for that, uh, that kind of class because you break down everything in details, like mm. for nose uh, surgeries or anything like um, breasts or whatever. Yeah, I think that would be really um, fun for that class. And then I think in the customer it depends on the customer base as well, like in maybe in my country, what I encountered maybe is just for like no surgery mm-hmm. and some face surgery. Not too much for Not me. too much else. Yeah.
1: yeah. Here it's really common for tummy tucks and mm-hmm. breast implants and facelifts and all okay. kinds of stuff. So yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I'll, I'll put in a proposal for somebody to, to teach that sometime. That'd be good. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, one thing I also want to just point out is you are the first person who explained the the S-curve needle and had it, like, make sense to me. So, it's mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I really appreciate that. And I think I might try it again because when I, I... I heard about it before and it worked okay. I didn't really get a great result, but it's because it just didn't make sense to me. But just watching you bend it and, uh, like, the the shape and everything like that, when I held it, it, it felt comfortable and it felt like it made sense. And I think it was because... I was trying to do it with a 2-inch needle, and you showed me with a 3-inch needle, and that made a huge difference.
0: Yeah, uh, I tried because like last time, uh, every result, uh, like needles and every stuff is limited. Mm. I don't even have any 3-inch needles, and then I tried to bend it with 2-inch. So I understand that like the handles, everything was limited mm. you still can pierce, pierce it like you still can bend it like an band yeah but not easily to, it's really difficult and yeah. uh, sometimes you might accidentally poke yourself with the shorter uh, needle mm-hmm. so uh, last time like maybe last year I've tried to import uh, like all those like tree and stuff and some needle bending tools and i try to practice everything by myself yeah the three it it's work yeah and yeah, then right. yeah and I'm, the reason why i'm doing this because i'm trying to uh reduce the tools i'm using and try to make things everything like safer cleaner mm-hmm. yeah and then yeah i think the as band it depends on the, sh- the hand of the hand shape yeah yeah you could find something like um the length, different line, which is more suitable for you. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be easier Like if you, um, I mean, always give you a try. Yeah,
1: yeah I'll definitely try it more. Yeah. I, I think maybe on, maybe on Tragus. Uh, did you say you also use those on, on a day piercing
0: or just Yeah, tragus? day piercing, yes. I yeah. use it on day piercing. And then, yeah, uh, Tragus and Rook, you can mm. use it on Rogue as well. Mm, cool,
1: yeah. Uh, what did you think of some of the stuff we were doing yesterday with Elizabeth with like the needle crushing and like the, the fish hook bends and stuff. Did you have fun with that?
0: Yeah, the needle crushing is uh, because uh, I what I know from the conference and I never ban it or um, I never crush any of it. So it's going to be like just imagination. So it's going to be a little bit difficult for me to understand the stuff. Yeah. But thank you for showing me the stuff like how you do that. And then it's going to be Really fun. So yeah, I find out the needle crushing. It's work really well with the larger gauge, uh, needles. Yeah. But the small one, um, maybe it's not too much difference. But it's still benefits. Like, I mean, benefits. it's a
1: slight difference. I. It's not as dramatic as those larger needles. Yeah. You know, something like a twelve or a ten or an eight. Like you can really, you can see it and you can feel it. But with the smaller needles, it's it's a subtle difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's cool. And then yeah, we talk about some, um, what else.
1: Then we did the the um, the fishhook,
0: fishhook, yeah, beetles, okay, yeah.
1: And you yeah. saw the well, you almost saw. Did you did you see the rook at all, or was, were my hands just blocking it when I did uh, it?
0: F- from the video uh, was blocking, but uh, luckily I'm standing to the front, so um, that rook I think it's pretty hard to pierce with because everything is blocking. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah, I I saw how the things work. I just uh, want to make sure how you hold the things because I always mm. have problem. Because last time I'm holding the the bottom, right to, to push Yeah, it. you
1: need you need leverage. So I like to I like to hold the the straighter section of it, kind of higher up too. And it's really just like a like a lift it up. It's not really so much about like moving Putting it, in it or right. or doing like really worrying about bevel theory. You just kind of hold it and just just kind of pull really. Okay. Yeah.
0: So about the fish hook, I think that was pretty fun because uh, the same thing, I tried to bend everything by myself and then I found it's going to be a little bit difficult to hold because it, it's with the two-inch needles. Mm. And then sometimes I find it like, really difficult for me to hold the two-inch fish hook. And then maybe my hand position is not really uh, appropriate. Sort of thing. And then after I see like how you demonstrate and things like that, I changed my mind. Yeah. It yeah. Makes, makes more sense. Yeah, it makes more sense. Because I
1: tried that with a three inch needle and it felt way too long. Yeah, it's true. Way too long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like you said, you know what? It's just, it's comfort and it's just you practice, basically. That's true. Yeah. Uh, with with the crushing needles, I, I think anybody that asks me about it, I don't even really like to explain it now. I like to just show them. And because, like you said, if you're just imagining it, sometimes it, it just doesn't make sense, you know? And, and when you can actually just take the needle, crush it and put it through something, like when we were doing the banana peels or or the paper or anything like that, you can really see the, the difference that it can make with the, the cut and the wound. That's true. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, so a- anything else you want to talk about?
0: Okay, so I have something to tell like to everyone in the Asia. Um, if you are a body piercer, I think it's time for us to make things better and then try to get rid of the ego stuff Try to talk with the people in the same community You can discuss everything like even some small stuff like um, Piercing technique you can even though you're doing the same thing like 10 years 20 years. You still can make a little improvement like um, faster or more accurate or even like you save a lot of time to reprocess stuff like that. You still have a lot of things to talk with, and also something like uh, studio uh, upgradings stuff like that. It's not uh, for this point. I want to mention something. Uh, s- uh, studio environment. It's not only affect uh, on your the health of your client. It's also affect your employee and even by yourself. Because if you don't care shit about that. Mm you might kill us at one day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that has happened now
1: at this point, you know, there was a death in Australia because of someone being irresponsible with body art. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it's great to hear somebody like you're, you're, you're pushing hard to get where you want to be and you're not trying to do it just for yourself. You're not trying to say, I want to be the only, I want to be the body piercer in Malaysia. You want everybody to be safer. And I, I really respect that.
0: Yeah, and then I have something to tell about, like, the people in Asia who want to get a new piercing as well. I would en- encourage you to question your piercer. Like, mm-hmm. hey, what is the material made of the jewelry? And then maybe you can ask about, like, what's the proper way to take care of piercing? And then maybe some stuff like um how they do the sterilizations, mm-hmm. the process, and how they stock the stuff. Because... um. I think you pay for it and then you deserve something like a safe procedures on your piercing mm-hmm. you do not want to like pay for it and you know nothing about it and then you can put you in reach for any issue for that yeah yeah and then I would say something like uh, for the ju- uh, jewelry stuff if you are making jewelry or if you are um, jewelry manufacturer I would say maybe like in one day uh, you could spread out or develop your business to Asia because, um, I found for Asian, especially in a lot of different country, it's really hard for them to afford something. It's it coming with a lot of issue. Maybe like it's about like economy of the country, or maybe like, let's say the currency, the shipping stuff. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult for them. So like, let's say if there's some uh, manufacturer they're willing to spread out their business i think that would be the best because um we get uh the best stuff or a better quality stuff but we pay in a lower price mm. which everyone can afford yeah so i think everyone deserves the best for their body
1: yeah i agree i agree uh it, it it's it's frustrating to see after decades mm. of body piercing uh that they' are There has been some improvement by a small section of the community and the larger section of the community. Same problem in Malaysia as in the U.S., as in Germany, as in Russia, as in Mexico, as in everywhere, where you have some people where they just, you know, it's enough. It's good enough. They don't really want to get better. And uh, I, I really respect when you say things like, make small improvements here and there because sometimes piercers get intimidated and they think they have to make all the improvements right yeah. away and they get so frozen that they don't do anything. So yeah, you know, every day just be a little bit better, change that's the way true. you do this, get one new thing or, or try to improve something every day and that's, that's a great way to look at it.
0: Yeah, that's true because uh, for me I know uh, it's really it could be impossible or maybe you are uh, some some of them they are really smart they do have tons of money to spend like upgrading everything within like 2 weeks time that's still possible but for me um for the economy problem like um the currency everything is really way too much for me and then at the same time uh about the knowledge stuff it's because like i have stayed in the same level for a pretty long time so it's going to be impossible for me to get everything in a really short period Mm. so the way i'm doing i'm trying to talk with different people and then learn different stuff like day by day and then i try to read stuff online like website and then try to talk with brian uh, skelly as well Mm -hmm. sometimes um i check like different piercing group with different technique i try to figure out myself as well so that's the way i learn like small thing but Every days.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's that's a great. That's a perfect way to look at it That's how I'd want every body piercer to, to think so that's that's fantastic. Thank you. So uh, This is probably a good place to to wrap it up. But uh, one more time. What's your what's your contact info? How would people get in touch with you if they want
0: to talk to you? All right, if you are in the Asia area, you're looking for some nice jewelry or anything like that you can um, check it out my uh, Instagram because most of the time I might be traveling for now so you can get my Instagram uh, body mode by why that's going to be B O D Y, M O D S, B Y, H U A, W I. Okay cool awesome
1: well I really appreciate you talking to me and I really appreciate you taking the trip all the way up to the east coast to, to stop by and shadow I really appreciate that
0: yeah, I think I'm the one who have to thank you really uh, very much because I really appreciate that you um, give me the chance to shadowing a shop because I think not much people want to do that because yeah. I might be... I'm not sure. Some of them, yes, but maybe I'm going to be like, hey, there's somebody like came on this track in the yeah. show.
1: Well, uh all the all the best body piercers I know. A common theme is that they love to just share information with okay, everyone. Cool. You know, so if you're ever in an area and you ever feel nervous to ask someone about that, just send me an email, and uh, you know, I'll I'll make sure that they okay, they cool. give you the opportunity that you deserve. And that's the same thing for anybody listening too. If you're if you're in an area and you want a shadow. Uh, and you feel like you don't know how to get your foot in the door, just reach out to me, reach out to anybody uh, involved in the APP and and just ask for help. And that's really what we're all there for because I would imagine uh, when you get, you know, more years into your career, you're going to be doing the same thing for a lot of other body piercers. And that just shows that you care about body piercing. So I care about body piercing and I just want everybody to to get as good as they want to get.
0: Yeah, that's the best part. Uh, In this industry, I thought everyone is the same, like even like in asia or western country so um after i attend the conference i find out that's totally wrong mm. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are willing to help they're really friendly they they are really kind they even care about hey what do you have something to eat for the whole days after conference and then do you have a like how how's the uh, hotels whatever they, they ask about everything so mm-hmm. they, they care not only about the couriers. they're really like based um like really friendly and kind things like that so
1: yeah that's great that's great that you had a good experience you know I, I always worry sometimes when people come to conference for the, the first time or the second time or, or whenever and they don't they don't feel like they're part of the the community you know um, I I don't know too many piercers that would be like rude or be jerks or something and, and push people out but i know it it, it does happen sometimes so mm-hmm. i'm just really glad uh to hear that you've had a, a really good experience on the trip
0: yeah and then i found the uh, conference because it, even though this is my second year i find out uh the attendees is much more um active mm-hmm. compared to last year yeah yeah they talk a lot more than okay. last year do you
1: think it's I, just because of like uh, the new hotel and the layout and it was just uh,
0: no I think I, I don't think it's because of the hotel I think the. I'm not sure what's happening but I find out like in the group or whatever people uh, tend to Sharing a lot more more activity like hey you want to hang out tonight cool. things like that and they, they they try to make friends even they don't know each other that was yeah. a pretty good improvement for me because I know a few friends even though I never met them mm-hmm. from the group yeah yeah and then yeah. even like hey do you want to take a um, taxi Uber together to get some food I don't know them but they are really welcome that's uh, right like you can come anytime and you yeah that is pretty good I mean I can feel the improvements on like the communities and then a lot of uh i find out a lot of new attendees they are kind of like scared for the first year but end up uh the feedback from the facebook they really like it like how the way we deal with people's there was really a good point yeah that's great
1: that's great yeah that's awesome i i love conference so yeah i
0: always wanna i always want everybody
1: else to kind of share in what it is and i i love it when Newer attendees like have that same connection. I love it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna make it every year, even though I've been here before. Yeah, great. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, thank you very much for talking to me. Yeah, we are. Thanks to you.
1: Alright, thanks for coming on to the show, Hawaii. I appreciate it. And I really do appreciate you making the trek up to uh, New England to, to shadow after conference. I know that conference alone can be tough for a piercer, and then adding on a couple extra days in a city you're not familiar with can also make it pretty difficult. So really just kind of shows your, your dedication to the industry, and I really respect that. Uh, I would like to just kind of put it in everyone's minds, especially if you are a piercer from the U.S. uh, Really try to step outside of your own privilege as a body piercer and realize how difficult it is for people to offer safe piercing in other places around the world. I see it all the time where U.S. piercers kind of look down their nose on someone, you know, because they don't have... Uh, the exact kind of sterile gloves they're using or they don't have three statums or they don't have a case full of body vision or all that stuff but you got to realize that some piercers have to really push uh, the, and, and bend over backwards really just to just to get to that minimum safety standard so uh, piercers like Hawaii, piercers in Central and South America, in Europe, in Russia, all over Asia really deserve a lot of credit when they try to make these steps towards uh, safer piercing and bringing the, the rest of the industry up with them rather than just trying to keep it all for themselves, so uh, try to support safe piercing wherever you can. If you know different piercers, especially in, in other markets and other cities and other countries, and they need a little bit of help, give them a little bit of help if you can, even if it's just a little bit of advice online uh, or offering whatever kind of support you can. Uh, it's definitely appreciated, and it all goes towards just supporting safe piercing. So I will be back next week. Again, I do need some, uh, some help and some input because I am running a little bit low on my, my ideas for the show. So I know tons of piercers, and I know that there are tons of different piercing subjects out there, but I want to hear what you want to listen to on the show. I just don't want it to always be about me and my buds. Uh, So you can go to, again, piercingwizardpodcast.com. You can fill out that anonymous Google form. Give me your ideas. uh, Give me your your thoughts on different subjects and different guests on the show, and I will keep this thing going for you. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back next week with another show.